You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. The Guide to Goals podcast gives you the tools, direction, and resources you need to pursue your passion project. I'm Deborah Eckerling, Project Catalyst, and this is the Guide to Goals podcast. Our guest today is Rick Broida, and we're going to talk about taking risks. Rick has written about consumer technology for over 25 years and is the author of CNET's long-running The Cheapskate blog. Last year, he started Trapped in a Room with a Zombie, an escape room located in downtown Detroit. Welcome, Rick. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So would you like to share a little bit more about yourself and perhaps even more importantly, what is an escape room with a zombie? <laughs> well, you hit the highlights already, so I'll jump right into uh, what an escape room is. Uh, it's kind of a growing uh, ex experience, uh, a growing uh, market um, of a, a new kind of game, uh, really, where you are uh, locked in a room with a group of people. Uh, might be friends, might be family, might be coworkers, might be even some people that you don't know. And within that room are going to be uh, usually some sort of themed assortment of, of clues and puzzles and riddles and things that you have to sort of figure out uh, as you go in order to ultimately escape the room. You have a, usually a 60-minute uh, countdown timer, and usually you're working against the clock. Now, trapped in a room with a zombie is a little different because we trap you in a room with a zombie. So you added a little, like, flair to the whole escape room trend. Absolutely. In the typical escape room, you're, you're working against the clock. And in Trapped, uh, there is the added element of a real live uh, growling, snarling, uh, chained up zombie who wants nothing more than to eat everyone in the room. And uh, the way it works is that uh, the zombie starts off with a, a fairly short amount of chain, but every five minutes, a buzzer sounds and the zombie gets an extra foot of chain. So by the end of 60 minutes, uh, the zombie is able to reach the door and everyone in the room. So if you haven't worked out all the, all the puzzles by then, game over. Wow. That's like <laughs> so freaky cool. It's awesome. Um, yeah, it sounds pretty awesome. And, and so you're not the only person who does this, right? These are like everywhere. Right. So I actually licensed the show uh, from the guy who created it. Uh, his name is Marty Parker, and he started it in... Uh, in Columbus, Ohio, and then shortly thereafter in Chicago. And that's where I first saw the show. Uh, saw it with my daughter just kind of on a lark and uh, just came out grinning like an idiot. Like that was, oh, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And immediately felt like, wow, we got to have this in Detroit. And I reached out to the, to the, the owner and the creator. And five months later, we opened in downtown Detroit. It happened very quickly. Wow. I, yeah. that, that's like, is that normally how you go into things? You're like, oh, I love this. I'm going to do it. <laughs> this is the second time in my professional life where um, I thought, oh, I got to do this and just steamrolled my way into it without really giving it much, much thought or planning. <laughs> I'm stupid that way. 
but but how's it working out for you? And then you know I'm going to ask you what the other thing was, but tell okay. me first about zombie rooms. Well, uh, luckily, um, thankfully, the, the universe has worked in my favor on this one because uh, Trapped in a Room with a Zombie here in Detroit is going great. Uh, we just um, we're now about uh, 14 months in. Uh, we opened in December 2014. And um, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. I, I had no, I, I'm not an actor. I have no acting experience to speak of. I'm not a producer. Um, I've never really had employees or anyone to manage. I like to sit in my little hovel at my keyboard and type and, and, and be antisocial. So to do something like this was way, to say it was outside my wheelhouse is, is a gross understatement. I, I, I absolutely am an introvert. And in fact, uh, Dave Johnson, who you've had on the show as well, we are very... Uh, alike in that way where we can speak before a, a, an auditorium of 500 people and not break a sweat. But put us in a small group uh, of just a couple people and we're just like, no, no, can't do that. No, bye, bye now. <laughs> it's a weird kind of introversion, but it's, that's, that's true. So I don't, I don't mind the performing aspect of it, the, the, so, the show. So you are also a zombie is what you're saying. I have been a zombie. In fact, I had the opportunity to be a zombie before we opened our show. I got to do it in Chicago, and um, it's it's it was one of the most exhilarating experiences I've ever had. Uh, I mean, you're all done up in makeup, you're wearing rags and everything, and um, you get to roll around on the ground and growl and just be you know for for an hour. Um, chasing after people and and trying to bite them and I mean not really bite them but you get the idea and um, it's so much fun and it's just such a great I mean it's a great workout if nothing else after after an hour you're just exhausted <laughs> uh, it's so cool it was such a cool thing and so you were saying it was completely out of character that you just jumped in but you really just jumped in right so after I had seen the show in Chicago and had this just like transformative aha moment where like oh my I have to be involved in this somehow uh, once the once the wheel started to get in motion and we were we licensed the show and found a location and and all that stuff um, it just kind of started to happen and um, I as I said I, I've never had any experience doing anything like this at all uh, I literally spend my days in front of my keyboard writing about technology um, occasionally do you know a radio spot or something like that on a technology show but this was far beyond uh, anything I'd done before and you know I'm I was 46 45 years old at the time and had been doing the same thing for 20 odd years and you just kind of get to that point where it's just like well is this all I'm gonna do and so when this came along it just seemed like I couldn't pass it up Okay, so are we calling this a midlife crisis or just a burst of inspiration? <laughs> Call it an undead crisis. Uh, <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was. It definitely was. It was just like, boy, if I'm ever going to do something cool like this, now, this is it. This is the opportunity. That and and you know this this is all about about passion projects. You know right. what sort of. So when I heard that you did this, I'm like, oh my god, I have to have him on the podcast because I think. It's the things that you, now you're fortunate because you've been a writer for so many years and you apparently love it. And then you have a side project that's completely different, but you also love. So how right. did that I've, happen? How did you get dumb, so lucky? Dumb luck. That's dumb luck, exactly what it is. I've been lucky enough to be able to have 
a writing career, um, writing about mostly consumer technology uh, that has managed to pay the bills and be fairly steady uh, for a long while. And then this thing came along where it was nothing but unknowns for me. And um, it, again, I, I just, this is a, a great example of leaping before you look because I just knew I had to be involved with this even though I had no experience and no really idea what I was doing. And I didn't care. I just didn't care. I was, I was lucky enough to, I, it wasn't like I had to quit my day job in order to do this. And that, that's, that's a really nice uh, position to be in, right? Because you don't quite have that same risk looming over you. And once everything started to get in motion and I realized I could more or less manage both, um, it, it all just came together. So why should people um, take risks or not take risks or, or what are your, because you said that you're usually very calculated. So do you have any advice from people in terms of, I'm like, I know you're not going to say, oh yeah, quit your day job, open a zombie room. It's the coolest experience ever. But do you have any thoughts for people who are like, they know they need to do something else in addition to what they're doing, but they can't quite get there? Well, it's going to sound like a horrible cliche, um, but the reality is that you know, you, you get one shot, you know, you go through life once. And um, Steve Jobs had this famous quote where he said, <laughs> you know, basically, you'll be dead soon. And, um, you know, it's, it's grim, but it's true. And uh, especially as I get into my late 40s and just realizing that what exactly is standing in my way of trying something different? Um, yes, we all have economic realities. We have to pay the bills and so forth. But there are evenings and there are weekends and there are little slivers of time that you can find to if you have your passion project that's something that comes before you that you've always wanted to try, you have to make it happen. You just have to because otherwise, you know, you get in, you get 20, 30 years into whatever job you hate and you realize, God, why didn't I try that? What was I waiting for? Why didn't, why didn't I take that risk? And I, I don't want to have that regret. Terrible cliche, but there it is. Well, it's, it's a cliche that I also very much believe in because I feel that let's say you have a day job that you don't love, then you absolutely need a side project that you're passionate about because that gets you through the thing that makes you money. You mentioned before that this was the second time you leaped. Yes. Did this the first the... time work? <laughs> the first time worked as well. Um, this goes back to, uh, if you remember the, the Palm Pilot. Remember those? I do. Okay. The Palm Pilot was like the first uh, really big hit PDA. Uh, before cell phones, uh, we had these little handheld digital assistants. And it was about, I don't know, six months or a year into the arrival of the Palm Pilot on the market, and it was just snowballing in popularity. And all of a sudden, they were everywhere. And I had one, and I thought it was very, very cool. And I, I noticed as I was looking on, on user forums and, and websites and so forth that everybody was asking the same questions. Um, you know, what case should I buy for this? And can I, can I use this with a keyboard and so forth? And I literally just had that aha moment. Oh, God, this thing needs a newsletter. There needs to be a Palm Pilot newsletter. And I remember having the conversation with my wife, like, you know, I, I wonder if I should start one because, you know, I've always loved publishing and magazines and I was writing for magazines at the time. And I remember saying to her, well, how hard could it be? Uh, you know, I'll just do it on nights and weekends and it'll just be a little project or whatever. And that's, and so uh, TAP was born. I, I started this newsletter called TAP because you were tapping on the screen and so I thought I was clever. 
And uh, I started this little newsletter and like, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no experience with publishing or anything, but I just like, I have to do this. This is too cool not for, for this not to happen. And long story short, it evolved from a two color, um, I think bi-monthly newsletter into a full, you know, a full-fledged magazine that ended up on newsstands and had a, a decent life to it. Uh, ran for about five years, I think. I think it launched in 97, maybe 96. This was before blogs. Oh, this yes. This was way, way before blogs. This was in the dark ages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so you were ahead of your time then, so you don't have to worry about that as a side project anymore. <laughs> no. Gone. Um, any, so how do you balance your life? Because you've got, you've got basically, I don't want to say two day jobs, but basically two you jobs that are completely different. It, it has been challenging for certain. And because I have been battling this learning curve along the way, instead of like knowing what I was doing or partnering with somebody who knew what they were doing, um, just learning it as I went, the, the challenge for the first 14 months <laughs> leads us up to now um, has just been like making every mistake and recovering from those mistakes and learning and moving forward and um, I, again I'm just lucky in that because I freelance for a living um, my schedule is flexible and if I need to have a day where I spend half the day downtown or I need to give up a Saturday or whatever for whatever I can do that and so I'm just lucky to have that flexibility uh, I realize not everyone does, uh, definitely. But uh, if you're willing to give up sleep and being with your friends and family, you can have it all. I was just going to ask you about work-life balance, but is it moot or do you have a way that you actually do see your friends and family? Um, no, I <laughs> I just do a really poor job of, uh, of getting things done on time and, and taking care of things that need to be done uh, so that I can goof off when I need to goof off. No, um, I, I don't have any re secret recipe to it. Um, it's just, it's somehow it, it works. Uh, just again, lucky in, in the, in that both of these jobs don't require my, you know, a full-time 100% attention. I can give 50% to each. It just works. So you basically created the life you want. And just this most recent part was an accident that worked out really, really well. Yes. Yeah. Lucky, dumb, lucky accident. <laughs> Do you have, and you might have answered this already, is there um, something that you know now that you wish you knew when you started the escape room thing? Um, that's a great question. Um, the thing, it's not, yeah, the thing that, I, that I've learned in the last year and, and two years is um, that it's so important not to, not to dwell um, on stuff that's happened in the past, uh, mistakes that you've made. Uh, I have made every possible conceivable mistake uh, with running this business. Uh, thankfully, none of them have been devastating. But um, old Rick, the older Rick, the previous Rick, I'm old Rick, um, would have just beat himself senseless um, going over these mistakes over and over again and how stupid he was and so forth. And um, older, wiser Rick realizes that, you know, mistakes are going to happen and um, there is absolutely no point wasting your energy on reliving those mistakes. You just learn from it, move on, keep going. I sound like every bad self-help book that was ever written, <laughs> but there you go. Or alternatively, you sound like every good self-help book ever written. That's what you should do next, right? Like <laughs> self-help from zombies or something. They're you... the zombie's guide to a happy life. And Let's write you... it. 
that then you could sell it at, at your your zombie rooms. Ah, I know. We're missing out on a great marketing op- opportunity. That's a re- yeah. You totally need to do that. Yeah, I just I, I in my spare time I will just crank out a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I actually I actually did do that a couple years ago. Um, I if you don't mind, I'm gonna go go ahead into shameless plug mode. Um, I write this blog for CNET called The Cheapskate, which mm-hmm. is just basically a collection of uh, a, a technology deal of the day, uh, which I kind of scrounge up from, from various sources. And, uh, but it also includes buying advice. And so a few years back, um, I kind of put some of the best tips together into a book that I self-published on Amazon, and it's called The Cheapskate Rules, uh, 21 Money-Saving Tech Secrets or something like that. <laughs> it's a big, long, clunky title. And it was, again, just something that I had, you know, I took little bits of extra time when I could. It, it took me two, two, three months, maybe longer, to actually get the whole thing done. But it's short, you know, and I just threw it up on Amazon to see what would happen. And it just, you know, generated a nice little bit of extra income and was kind of like, oh, yeah, this is a no-brainer. Um, things to do in your spare time. Write a book. See, you're you're outing yourself as someone who's got a bunch of mini passion projects. I bet if we talked for longer, we won't. But if we did, <laughs> you'd be like, "Wait, oh, I've I got more. Too. Wait, don't hang up." But but it's good. It's the pockets of time. That's mm-hmm. that's the secret. So this is the part where I transition into giving our listeners or watchers, depending on if they're they're watching on YouTube or listening on iTunes or whatever, a, a personal and a professional goal. And there are just so many from this conversation, but I think for the personal goal should be to go to a zombie room, but I think that's a little <laughs> bit too specific. Um, so why don't we just say do something fun that might be a little out of your comfort zone? I would definitely agree with that, for sure. Okay, and for professional goal is that thing that you that keeps nagging at you that you think you want to do, you should take some time and plot out a point. Not not plot out too much because this episode is about taking risks. But how do we say take a risk but plan to take a risk? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's make a plan to be spontaneous this weekend. You know, that's exactly that what you're going for. That should have been the personal goal. Right. Um, yeah, you know, it's. Um, I, I just keep going back to uh, life is so short, and you know, the, the last thing you want to do is is kind of get to the point where you're ready to retire, and you realize, oh, I really should have done this. Um, you know, and the old the old saw. Nobody ever sits on their deathbed and says, oh, I wish I'd worked more. You know, um, do the thing that's that's going to make you happy, and um, you may not know what that is unless you take a risk, right? So the personal goal is to do something out of your comfort zone, plan some spontaneity. And then the professional goal is to give some give some headspace to that thing that you really want to do and see if you can make it happen. I love that. Yeah, definitely the the headspace idea. You know, sit and sit and um meditate on um on your idea for 20 minutes and just see, you know, see how you feel at the end of it. Are you like devastated and scared or are you excited and raring to go, you know, just see how it feels. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Rick Breida, for joining us today. Again, Rick is um, the cheapskate blog guy and cheapskate book guy, as well as the trapped in a room with the zombie guy. 
And if you go to guidedgoals.com, I'll have links to all the wonderful things, these resources, and anything you want to add, Rick? <laughs> uh, you know, one thing that also really helps a lot is having a uh, supportive spouse. And that's one other area where I have been insanely lucky because both of these projects, uh, Starting Tap Magazine and Starting Trapped in a Room with a Zombie, at no point did my wife ever say, I don't like the sound of that, or, you know, we can't afford to do that, or you're too busy already. Um, just the opposite. I mean, she was so incredibly supportive and encouraging, and that's, that is a huge part of the equation. If you don't have somebody who is in your corner uh, to cheer you on, it's that much harder to, to, to make your, your passion project work. So uh, I, am, I am forever indebted to, to my wife, um, and uh, I just, I hope anyone who's, who's, you know, aiming to do something likewise has that kind of support. It means a lot. That's just so nice and well said. Okay. Thank you again for joining us, Rick and everyone else go out there, go for it. This podcast is heard along the marketing podcast network for more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.